Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original. Hello and welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I am Ali Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I, producer Maria. Uh, Melissa, who are our patrons? We've got Kestrel, Emily, Kylie, and Stacy. Welcome to the team. I'm very excited for our episode today. Me too. I'm going to say a few words now to get us started. I'll ASMR them. Okay. Pogs. Pogs. Pogs? Pogs. Yeah. Pogs. Furbies. Furbies. <laughs> Sanrio. AOL chat rooms. Oh. Time. Okay, I'm done with ASMR now. I don't have a good voice for ASMR. <laughs> I just fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time to get in your time machine. Because today's main episode is on Beanie Babies. You know it, that crazy 90s craze. Ty, the first ever billion dollar plush company. The bubble that burst, then popped, taking everyone from kids to parents by storm. Some people hit that Beanie Baby bingo, and others... (laughs) fell into Beanie Baby bankruptcy. Ooh. Let's get into it. Now, there's also an HBO documentary right now, which a lot of this... Maria, are you okay? You look confused. No, no, no. I'm just in the Beanie Baby headspace, and I'm looking up some of the Beanie Babies I had, and it's saying they're going for like $1,500. Yes, and... 
let me tell you, there's a lot of discrepancy on that because you'll see people on the internet trying to sell certain Beanie Babies for $125,000. But then they just don't sell. <laughs> they just don't sell. They're on eBay forever. I tried to oh. sell my Princess Diana Beanie Baby for $800 right. and it, di- it, it didn't sell. I, it was on there for three years okay. and it, no one... So it's just can, people posting them hoping that some I one gotcha. person's going to be like, I will pay $100,000 for this. Because never sell. Okay. This morning I was doing some research and I was just telling uh, before we started recording, I gave away a bunch, all my Beanie Babies to charity. And then I was doing research this morning and I was like, oh my God, this one I gave away is worth $125,000. And I was like, no, it's not. No one is going to spend $125,000. For what reason? Then you're going to resell it for $500,000? Like, no one wants it. Okay. So, and that's what this episode is about. People went into bankruptcy. It's so crazy. Buying Beanie Babies, thinking that they'd give them to their grandchildren and send them to college. Now, no one wants this shit. Anyways. (laughs) The 90s, a pre-9-11 world. (laughs) Everyone's living in a suburban fantasy. It's a world for collectors. Think about it. You're in fourth grade. AOL just started. You meet your crush in a chat room. He's probably a 50-year-old man, but (laughs) you love him anyway. You feel a rush every time you hear that modem sound. You probably had some sort of weird collection of something. I know I collected erasers from Sanrio. Did you guys collect anything? Oh, remember their gum? Remember the Sanrio gum? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the best tasting gum you could get ever. It was amazing. Pogs were huge at the school that I went to. Yeah. People would uh, buy pogs and collect them. And the slammers, I remember, started slammers. Being, oh, the slammers. The slammers started being <laughs> worth a lot of money. So this was a time of really obscure, bizarre things being collected and having worth for no real apparent reason. People, I think, were a little bored. And that is where Ty Warner slipped in. Warner was born September 3rd, 1944. I think he is a Virgo king. He was born in <laughs> Chicago, where Ooh, most where Chicago most podcasts. Yes. <laughs> where most spooky things happen. He grew up in a house designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh, nice. Yeah, known as the Peter Gone House. So you could tell he oh, nice. came came from money. Yep. He he was named after the baseball player Ty Cobb. Mm-hmm. I imagine maybe the Cobb salad was also named after that baseball player, but I'm not entirely sure. 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 And my favorite thing, Warner attended Kalamazoo <gasps> College in Michigan for a year. No. Yes, but then he <laughs> Yes, Melissa. He oh dropped, no. He dropped out <laughs> after he got a glimpse of Melissa <gasps> shucking corn and he had to get out of town. <laughs> wow, Kalamazoo College. Yes. Neat. So now we already have ties to Chicago and Kalamazoo. It's a little weird. Wow, that is weird. Ties mother uh, the Cobb I just yeah. want to say the Cobb salad was not created by the baseball player. I didn't it, think was it was actually in what was that? I don't think he created it. I don't think he had a day off and was like creating salads in his kitchen. 
<laughs> on his day off he's like I'm, I'm too lazy to make a salad i'm just gonna well they say that in 1938 at the hollywood brown derby restaurant it became a signature dish oh. and it was named after the restaurant's owner robert howard cobb okay okay right? well there you go and he just mixed together leftovers in the kitchen and that's how he found the salad that's how you end up having a great meal Okay, so Tyler, Ty's mother. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Tyler's mother. (laughs) Ty's mother was a paranoid schizophrenic. And after his parents, yeah, after his parents divorced in his adulthood, allegedly Ty tried to seduce many of his (gasps) father's girlfriends. What? Yes, out of his jealousy and because he's just a freak-a-leak. So, oh, whoa. Keep in mind, Ty is a bizarre yeah. dude that not a many people enjoy being around. Huh. Ty's dad was named Harold. He Harold, he worked at this place called uh, Dakin Toys. And when Ty's dad died... Ty started working for Dakin as well. <laughs> working. He was their number one salesman and mm-hmm. he learned the trade. He is apparently a huge asshole. So there's this New York Post article and it says when his father died, he waited five days to tell his sister <gasps> so that he could clear out his father's antique collection. Oh, my God. That's yeah. psychotic. I know. Once, during the peak of his wealth, he took a friend's young daughter out for <gasps> ice cream, but made the girl get money from her parents to pay for it. What? <laughs> yeah. His hubris ended his 15-year-old career at Dakin when he began to secretly create his own toy line on the side that eventually mm-hmm. became Ty. When his bosses found out, he was fired. Oh, he's a weirdo. A weirdo. And his big idea for a company was he was always like, plush animals are always too overstuffed. I want to make small oh. plush animals that don't have as much stuffing in them so that you can kind of move their arms and feet Great around. idea. He wanted to... Very smart. He yeah. wanted to understuff plush toys so that you can, quote unquote, wave, dance, and cuddle them. Hmm. And that's where Ty was yeah. born. While Oreo was double stuffing, he was de-stuffing. And I was, I was double stuffing, too. Ew, Allie... <laughs> <laughs> God. What? We've all been 20. All right. So he met he met this guy named Bill Harlow who owned a Canadian company that was in the gift trade. Ty needed some money to start his company. He convinced Bill to give him $500,000 to Damn. start the company. Bill said, sure, I'm going to risk all this money on a small stuffed frog. I guess that was the first beanie baby they did they went in cahoots and it's all history from there apparently ty would drive around in a weird ass car (laughs) he would wear a long fur coat and a top hat he's like the babadook (laughs) he's like the babadook and he would drive to different little boutique stores and try to sell these beanie babies and show his Products. He was a door-to-door Babadook. 
And he only wanted to sell to small shops. He didn't want to sell to Walmart or Toys R Us. He wanted his brand to not be oversaturated. He wanted it to be a little hard to find. He always, from day one, wanted it to be a novelty that you could find in Great mom idea. and pop shops. Yeah, it is It is a good idea. Uh, it started with nine original dolls. Squealer the pig, Spot the dog, Flash the dolphin, Legs the frog, Splash the whale, Chocolate the moose, Brownie the bear, Patty the platypus, and Pincher the lobster. Pincher is the lobster, excuse me. The real brains behind this whole business, and this is what really pissed me off, yeah, is this woman, Lena Trivedi. She was in college at the time. She was probably 20 years old. She worked at the company. She was the one who thought to name the Beanie Babies. She thought to write the poems for each Beanie Baby, as if you've ever seen a baby, Beanie Baby, which I'm sure you have. They have the little heart tag that says tie, and inside there's a poem for each one. She wrote all the poems for the Beanie Babies, Crazy. At, least, at least in the beginning. And she eventually created the website and thought to do the website and had to pitch it to Ty, who was skeptical about having a website. In yeah, that's crazy because she was like, everyone's like, what is this thing called the internet? She's like, trust me. Yeah, it's going to pop this. off. It's yeah. going to pop off. <laughs> They're like, okay, I don't know about this internet thing. They thought the internet was going to be a fad and that yeah. they didn't need any website. And she was like, I'll design it myself. I'll do it all along with her brother, who is a graphic designer. She thought of everything that made the company successful. And we'll talk about her story in a bit. The demographic initially, obviously, was children. They're stuffed animals. But then, weirdly, it was the parents and the moms who became obsessed with it. <laughs> Women would call the Chamber of Com Commerce in different states to find beanie, beanie Babies that they couldn't find in their <laughs> own state. This one bitch said that her phone bill was $2,000 a month just yeah. in phone calls trying to find Beanie Babies. Remember when you had to pay to make calls and you yes. couldn't have like your unlimited data plan? <laughs> yeah. It, do you remember 411? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a whole different other world then. Ty did no advertising, no media. Ty didn't like exposure or interviews. He's only ever done one interview himself and it was for People oh. Magazine. It was wow. all word of mouth. Crazy. That's crazy. There were no like commercials? No, nothing. Wow. And it originated from this group of women called the Naperville Neighbors. Naperville. All right, Chicago efficient. Well, auto. it's a Chicago pod. If it's a Chicago podcast <laughs> and 99.9% .9 of our listeners are from Chicago. <laughs> that is true. Okay. Everyone's going to be screaming the, at you. The Naperville Neighbors were these psycho women in Chicago who became obsessed with Beanie Babies and they became famous in the Beanie Baby world. They started, they were the ones who were calling all the chambers or commerces. They were selling out every single store. They started going on the news. They were on the, oh, yeah. they were on the Today Show talking about Beanie Babies and they would sell them to their neighbors. It was like Lulu Row for Beanie yeah. Babies. And in 1996, Sales for Beanie Babies went up 1,000% in the Chicago area. Damn. Because of these Naperville neighbor ladies. 
Now, it's very Stepford Wives. It's so bizarre. These women were CEOs of companies. One was like a professor. There is one woman who worked for the FBI. And they all quit their jobs to just collect Beanie Babies. And... (laughs) It was the demise of women in the 90s. I swear Beanie Babies were a plot by Ty Warner to set back feminism or something. That's my new, (laughs) that's my conspiracy for this episode. So I believe it. Yeah. Here's a woman who was once in the FBI. She left to collect Beanie Babies. She made a rap about Beanie Babies and she tried to be a Beanie Baby musician and she tried to get played on radio stations. Melissa, I sent the audio yesterday. Let me know if you need me to send it oh, again. Oh, I got it right here. Oh, oh by the way, before <laughs> you play it, we pause it for a sec. I sneeze really big during the audio, <laughs> but I didn't want to rewind. I didn't want to rewind and re-record. So sorry in advance. I'm so excited! I can't wait. I wrote a song. Um, it's a beanie rap, and the words just flowed through my fingers as I typed them into a computer. Um, people have told me it's catchy. Tell you a story about a tidy ties who's created these bees that make me hot. Little beans in their bodies and cute little faces and twisted to them. Been to all kinds of places, smuggling beans upstairs. It's a lie, and it all ain't a fault on a guy named Ties. Beanie rap, it's a beanie rap, it's a beanie rap. I'm all tied up. I <laughs> do you want to hear do you want to hear some cursed audio of me trying to do the rap but it was too fast for me and i couldn't do it yes absolutely yeah um, people told me it's catchy oh yeah let me tell you a story about a guy named Guy. He treated these like little be, be. <laughs> shit. Let me tell you a story about a guy named Guy. <laughs> All right. So, so, anyways, I literally tried it ten different times and I just couldn't get it. So, I mean, that woman yeah, had had the nuances down. Props to her. Anyways, there's this website that changed it all. As we said, Lena Trivedi, she was a college student when she worked there. She went up to Ty Warner. I always want to say Time Warner, like Time Warner Cable. (laughs) And she said, hey, at my college and at other colleges all around the nation, they have this thing called the Internet. They're using it to research mostly, but some people are making websites. And I think it'd be really cool if Beanie Babies had a website. So she literally brought a modem to <laughs> Ty's office and showed him how the internet worked. Crazy. Because they didn't have internet at the office, nothing. Ty thought about it. And at this point, oh, this was 1995, only 1.4% of Americans were using the internet. Damn. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Now it's nuts. Now it's a hundred percent, baby. I bet the so she she got permission to you to make the website. The Beanie Babies website had a guest book, which crazy enough is one of the first forms of a blog to ever hit the internet. Oh wow! And it, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of the basis for things like Facebook where or Twitter, you know, what are you thinking? What are you doing today? People would log on to the guest book and just write things about Beanie Babies or whatever. And it was the first of its kind. 
The website was way before its time. And Lena, who was writing all the poems, designing and doing the website, and thought of the names of the Beanie Babies, was only being paid $12 an hour. That's insane. She should be running the company. I mean, essentially, she was. <sighs> she asked for a salary of, I think it was $120,000 a year. Ty said, no, thank you. And so Crazy. she quit. She and her brother quit. Meanwhile, he's making like hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> Crazy. It, it eventually was a billion dollar company. Crazy. It, I mean, they basically built it on her ideas and then wouldn't yeah. pay her and she was fired. In 1996, AOL chat rooms begin, and that created a new craze for Beanie Babies where sad suburban moms could talk to each other about collecting. They could sell to one another. They could drop hints about what stores had Beanie Babies in stock. In 1996, 51 Beanie Babies are retired. Oh, yeah, that was such a good idea. So that starts creating the secondhand market. And that is what makes the Beanie Baby craze really go off. I'll get to that in a second. So in 1997, due to these retirees, eBay sold 500,000 worth of Beanie Babies in a month. Crazy. With sellers making 500% profit on the retail price they bought it for. Amazing. So... The secondhand market, what makes Beanie Babies expensive? You buy them for $7 and you sell them for some crazy amount. Tag typos. So if a Beanie Baby gets through the editing process or whatever with a typo and it makes it to the market, there's a few that have typos. They become rare, obviously, and hugely expensive. Some Beanie Babies with particular birthdays are expensive (laughs) dolls that are retired for example most dolls get retired some are limited editions so for example the princess die beanie baby Mm -hmm. limited edition and each store only got 12 so they were very very and you you had one yeah and i remember my mom paid like 300 dollars for it really yeah i remember i well i remember the story that my my friend's mom was said hey i found a place that's selling the princess diana beanie baby and my mom said great and she thought we were going to buy it for you know seven dollars she's the my (sighs) mom my mom's friend was like they put it on hold for us and then we showed up with my friend and my mom's and her mom, and they were, it was like $300. And my mom was so embarrassed because she didn't want to be like, we're leaving, even though she should have. I mean, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyways. Wow. Did you keep it like in a case or like, was it protected like on a shelf? I think so. And then recently, I, and then recently I went to my house and it was gone. And so, but my mom says she didn't give it to charity. So I don't know where it is. I, I swear, I think one of my brothers took it. <laughs> What may I ask you, Allie? Because we're both we both grew up in the Palisades. Do you remember the toy store that sold them? Yes. In the Palisades. Yes. The one on Sunset Boulevard. Yes. Is that uh-huh. right next to the dry cleaner place? A hundred percent. Absolutely. I'd get them there, and then there. I remember there was like other other places. There was like a little place in like Santa Monica or like on Montana. Also, great. It was so competitive. <laughs> 
for example, there was a bear, there was a Beanie Baby called Chili the Polar Bear. You could buy it for $7. It later sold for $1,800 each. Wow. So these women from the AOL chat rooms and this group in Chicago eventually became famous in the scene. One woman named Mary Beth started a magazine called Mary Beth's Beanbag World. It's the <laughs> crazy. <laughs> the magazine sold 650,000 copies a month. Insane. Yes. There were collector shows, people, there was a book called Beanie Mania that another one of the women in the group wrote. Then people would write guides for how much each of the Beanie Babies were worth. In 1997, Ty got $400 million in revenue. Just one year. Yes, yes. Then Ty, this is huge, Ty sued Mary Beth's uh, Beanie Baby magazine and made her change the name to not reference Beanie Babies. What? Why? It was only helping him. Yeah, he didn't... It, 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 he apparently was liti- litigious and yeah. a, a weirdo and an asshole. Now, let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, video episodes, and more. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our patrons. That's like $24 for the year. Maybe you can make it your New Year's goal to help support your favorite podcast. We would really, really appreciate it. Just put it in your budgeting for the year. $2 a month. That's nothing. But it means <laughs> I just the world imagine to someone us. has their budgeting like phone, yeah. rent, webcrawlers, Patreon. <laughs> also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we have that contest up right now. Check out our social media. You can hear more about it there. Also, Erios has a hotline. It's really been popping off. Please continue to call. We will continue to play. I think we, oh, I was going to say we have the Austin Powers synchronicity uh, thing down now, but we don't. There's actually been an update. No. But we'll get to it on the mailbag episode. <laughs> okay. I won't, I won't say it here because I was going to say we don't need any more voicemails about Austin Powers, but. But we do. But we yeah, do. But <laughs> we yeah. actually, we actually do. So we do. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to really let me just um describe the the contest one more time, just for people who don't have the social media. So the contest, I just want to reiterate, the contest is going to be ending on January first. What you can do if you want to be a Patreon subscriber, and maybe you don't have the budget right now, or you just can't pull the trigger on you know getting that Patreon in your budget. Just leave a review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot of it, send it, email it, DM web crawlers with it, and do it by January 1st. Then we will pick our favorite review, and you can win one year's Patreon subscription to web crawlers. Wow, 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 wow. What? Wow, 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 wow. You get to watch videos of our episodes. You get them a day early. And all I sorts mean, of bonus content. If you have reviewed and you're going, but I reviewed a month ago. What's up? Listen, I I did a new review, and what happens is it cuts off your old review and puts a new review in. So if you want to be part of the contest, just do a new review. 
your new review will be counted as part of the contest. Maybe you wrote a review being like, two stars. I love I yeah. love the podcast, but I don't like the mailbag episodes. Rewrite it. Five stars. Yeah. I love the, I yeah. love the podcast. Then maybe you'll get a free Patreon for the year. Because you're absolved from your sins. You're yes, absolved. Exactly. We absolve you. You're atoned. Yeah. Start off the new year on a good foot without being yeah. our enemy. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. All right, now for real, back to the program. Things got pretty bad. It, you know, if you think about the Tickle Me Elmo where people would fight over them, oh, the, same, yeah. the same was true for Beanie Babies. This is from The Hustle. During Beanie Baby shortages... Apparently at a market in Connecticut, collectors trampled children to get their hands on the retired tie-dye Garcia bear. Oh, God. A 77-year-old Chicago man dubbed the Beanie Baby, Beanie Baby Bandit stole 1.2 thousand of the toys and hoarded them in a storage locker. <laughs> at the border, Beanie Baby smuggling rings ran rampant. And Crazy. a West Virginia man... Oh, my God. A West Virginia man shot and killed a 63-year-old security guard over a dispute involving several hundred dollars worth of Beanie Babies. It's insane. Uh, Nuts. 
There is also fake and counterfeit Beanie Babies that started <laughs> being made once people knew that they can make money off of them. Some collectors lost up to $10,000 in counterfeit Beanie Babies, but oh, no. these suburban moms decided to monetize that, and a lot of them become became Beanie Baby authenticators. Amazing. <laughs> so they would charge $50 a Beanie Baby, and people would send them their Beanie Baby, and they would see whether or not it's real, and they would give them a certificate of authenticity <laughs> and send it back. Like, it's truly insane. McDonald's started selling Teeny Baby. Teeny. Oh, yeah. Teeny Beanies. With their Happy Meals. This is one of the only collaboration that Ty allowed. They were so in demand that the mailmen who delivered them to McDonald's has to, had to have police escorts. <laughs> At one point, a truck full of Beanie Babies accidentally dropped the Beanie Babies on the freeway. And there's, oh, yeah. fo- there's footage of this in the documentary. And people are driving on the freeway and they start opening their car doors and leaning out to try to get the Beanie Babies. At one point, a mom stops driving and her little girl goes out on the freeway and starts scooping up Beanie Babies. It's crazy. It's insane. It's a moving freeway. And this mom is like, like, little Lisa, get out, get as many as you can. Like She doesn't care if her daughter dies. In 1998, Beanie Baby sales hit 1.4 billion. Oh my god! In fall 1999, Ty says Beanie Babies are over. I'm not making any more of them. Oh, Come yeah. December 34th, December 30, 31st, it's a <laughs> it's a wrap. But then he decides on the website he's going to do a vote. For 50 cents, that's how much it costs to vote. This is he, crazy. It's such a ploy to make more money. Yeah. He says you can vote whether or not you want Beanie Babies to stay a company. So obviously, 91% of people vote yes to keep them. So Beanie Babies stay a company. He doesn't. He keeps on making them. And it was of a scam. Course. Yeah, it was a scam to create scarcity, regain excitement in the project, to make money with all that voting. And at this point, people are starting to get over it. Yeah, I think at this point, people were like, wait a minute, you scammed us into thinking you were going to discontinue it. Yeah, and also since they thought they were going to discontinue it, people start mass buying Beanie Babies, and they're like, what? I thought this was going to be over. There's some pretty crazy Beanie Babies. These are just a a few. There's Luau the Pig, which is obviously named after a pig that gets eaten at a luau. There's there's Barbaro the Horse, which is named after the Kentucky Derby winner who broke its leg and then had to be euthanized. Oh, there's 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 Osito the Bear, and Osito in is Spanish for bear, and it had the Mexican flag on it, but it was only sold in America. And then then the poem on Runner the Mongoose is really insane. It says, I'm not so mean. I'm really shy. But every cobra has to die. I grab them by their little head and whack them till they're stone cold dead. Uh, Excuse me? (laughs) That's that's what happens when you don't give Lena that raise. Then... Things get bad for Ty Warner because 
Daddy Warbucks has been keeping an offshore account in Switzerland. Of course he has. Yeah, since 1996, he was concealing $107 million in the Zucher Kantelbank to keep his money because he didn't want to pay taxes, obviously. He had to pay a $53 million fine. Damn. He could have faced up to 57 months in prison. But because he is a rich white man, he was only given two years probation and 500 hours community service. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. The judge thought he was a good guy. Because oh, no. Sometimes he donated to charity. Ugh. But don't worry about dear Ty. He is still rich as hell. He is head of MGA Entertainment, the fools who make the brat stalls. Oh. They released something called the Thai Girls Dolls, which I haven't ever seen. They have their own virtual world. They look exactly like the... Actually, they look truly bizarre. Those are ugly dolls. Excuse oh wow! Me? Yeah, the tie the tie girls <laughs> dolls are really something else. <laughs> they, they look. Uh, those aren't. Those aren't. Oh right. no. Aren't right. no! 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 Those no, aren't those right. Are, uh-uh, those, that, ain't, those ain't right. Those ain't right. <laughs> I don't. Something ain't right. I'm not going to say anything about them, and I'll just post a picture. <laughs> but the, you. Can, I'm just going to say this: their hair is voluminous. I mean, I've never yes. seen a doll's hair like that before in but, my life. Their their makeup is a little. Uh, <laughs> listen, seen you know what they like look this. like? They look like they'd be on Bad Girls Club. <laughs> yes, they just they, they look don't like look like anyone I've ever met. They don't yeah. look like anyone I've ever met. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and they have their own virtual world. He also has so many investments in hotels, golf courses. He owns the Four Seasons Hotel in New York. Oh wow! The, yeah, the Sandpiper Golf Course. The San Ysidro Ranch. The, Wait, he owns that? Yes, this bitch. Invested? Yeah. The Kona Village oh. in Hawaii. The Montecito Jeez. Country Club. Las Ventanas in Cabo. He also bought the Miramar Resort and Rancho San Marcos Golf Course. But I guess he recently sold the Miramar Hotel. Damn. I know. So, I mean, he's... <laughs> He's still. That's a lot. That's a he owns a lot. My God. Yeah, he's still rolling in it. We all have seen pictures of that Beanie Baby divorce couple in nineteen ninety in nineteen ninety (laughs) nine in Las Vegas. Attorney Frank Toti looked over papers while his clients Francis Mountain, while his client, excuse me, Francis Mountain had to sort out the Beanie Baby collection she had with her ex husband. (laughs) Harold Mountain in Judd Gerald Hardcastle's family courtroom. The couple were divorced four months earlier, but they were ordered to divide up their Beanie Baby collection, which was valued between $2,500 to $5,000. They could not do it themselves. They kept getting in fights about it. They were ordered to spread the entire collection on the court floor. They had, they had a supervisor 
and they had to split up their Beanie Baby collection. That's amazing. In front of the court. Also, I don't know if you guys remember, there was that rumor of the Beanie Baby that was filled with spider eggs. Mm-hmm. What? How? Are the spider... Oh, they there was a rumor that spider eggs were used to fill Beanie Babies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so no. stupid. Why would they do that? That's think, way uh, that's so much harder that's, than just that's putting, harder. Like, beans in there. <laughs> I know. That seems so insane. You gotta like breed the spiders. You gotta like have a whole room full of spiders. That is true. You have to have a full spider room. Uh, that obviously turned out to not be true. There is a, as we come to a close, there's some insanely priced Beanie Babies for sale. A rare mint conditioned Valentino beanie baby with tag errors is up for Etsy on 17 for $17,500. Crazy. But I don't see. Oh, wow. Okay. Wait. Let's see. Someone has bought stuff from her store. I know. I'm looking at fines for 90s babies is the Etsy name. You can't see the prices though of the stuff that has been sold, which is really annoying. Like someone bought a groovy beanie baby. They're all groovy. Thank you. Yeah, they're all groovy. They're all groovy. (laughs) But I mean, I wonder how much. Maybe I. I wonder how much. I had a groovy beanie baby, the tie dye one. Yeah. I mean, the ones she has left are seventeen thousand five hundred dollars, forty six thousand five hundred dollars, and three hundred and fifty dollars. But then you see, there's like it's seventy five dollars on another site. You know yeah, what I mean? It's so so weird. it just it makes sense. By the way, I had all those three Beanie Babies, and I just gave them to charity. Well, I don't think they were. Maybe worth these much. are it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, she found she found them at a Goodwill. But I'm just wondering. I mean, she she obviously doesn't sell them for cheap, and she sold three Beanie Babies. So yeah, I wonder how much they went for. It's it's crazy that we can't. Yeah. This one says on Beaniepedia, Beaniepedia, it says they're selling for $9. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's all what people will pay for it. Anyways, that's that's Beanie Babies for you. There is an article on Reddit with this Beanie Baby kingpin who in the 90s treated beanie babies like the stock market and made a lot of money it worked out for some people if you did it like when it was hot you know it's like it's like crypto if you if you invest in dogecoin or whatever and then sell it at the right time you can make money but at the end of the day it's like what is it what is it worth right you never really know it's the same with you know they they compare it now like our nfts the new beanie babies like what is it even really right um i'm sure i'll get a lot of flack for saying that um from (laughs) i don't know if you will i don't think you (laughs) (laughs) what incels all right well if you have uh beanie baby stories if you collected if you've gone into bankruptcy if you watched the documentary (laughs) anything like that if you've had to go to divorce court to split up your beanie babies let us know please let us know (laughs) melissa where can people contact us you can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. All right. I am Allie Sanrio Siegel. Ooh. I'm Melissa Tamagotchi Stetton. Oh, fuck yes. Wait, can I say something and- really quick? 
Oh, I yeah. was so obsessed with t- Tamagotchis. I literally had probably 30 of them and I would order them from Japan. I would go Whoa. on Japanese websites and I would order the most obscure Tamagotchis. I, I was obsessed with them, but I was so into all cool. this weird shit and Neopet like, uh, okay, sorry. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Okay. And I'm producer Maria. Uh, Tom, uh, 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 uh. Oh, she's freaking out. <laughs> Under I'm short circuiting. I am producer Maria Adele Slammer. Dezeem. Adele Dazim, the Slammer Blasucci. Yes. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Powered by ACAST. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.